Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, July 14th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. We are back at the grind here, 15 games on the betting board for Friday as the second half gets underway. I'll run through the games, give you my thoughts on three plays that I like for today's card. But before I do that, I want to remind you, over at vcin.com, the 2023 NFL betting guide is available. The college football betting guide will come out August 3rd. So if you have not signed up over at vcin.com for a subscription, now is the time to do that. Prices will go up at the end of the month. $19 introductory offer that will get you your first month, including the NFL guide and that upcoming college football guide. Or you can do the summer kickoff special, $175. That'll take you through the Super Bowl on February 11th. Not just our football content, but also what we do in terms of college basketball, NBA, NHL, MLB playoffs. It'll take you all the way through February 11th across all sports. There's also an annual subscription offer over at vcin.com slash subscribe. So I definitely encourage you to check that out because we got a lot of good stuff coming down the pike here, and we're definitely looking forward to bringing all of it your way and also speaking of the nfl are you switching to youtube tv to get sunday ticket that means you can now watch vsin vsin has a 24 7 channel on youtube tv as part of the sports plus package so if you're switching over to youtube tv make sure you check out vsin the sports betting network all right so as i mentioned getting back to the grind here in major league baseball a couple of overall talking points then i'll get into today's games The first, something I mentioned yesterday, give some thought as to the teams that may be excited to come back and the teams that maybe aren't as excited to get back on the field here. Because, you know, look, you you get uh, 20-something days off throughout the course of the Major League Baseball season, but this is the only time that they're grouped together. So you can take a trip. You can go somewhere with the family. A lot of guys on Sunday probably leaving directly to the airport to go on vacation, stuff like that. Remember, these are... Young guys, for the most part, you know, have young families. 
they have a lot of disposable income, they're happy to go and get away. And, you know, it's just like anybody else. When you go back to work after having the chance to get away from it all for a few days, it can be a little bit challenging. So keep in mind, there are some teams that maybe won't be super excited to get back on the field. The other thing is that when you look at pitchers and pitcher usage specifically, we're talking about a lot of relievers that are used to, you know, working two, three, four, five times a week. Now they've all had four or five days off, sometimes in some cases, six, seven days off if they weren't used. So you're going to have a lot of relievers that will be coming into games that haven't been used in a week plus where, yeah, maybe their velocity looks a little bit better. Maybe their command is down. Maybe they don't have the same feel for some of their secondary pitches, stuff like that. And also, of course, that correlates to starting pitchers as well, where you're used to going every fifth or sixth day. Well, if you haven't pitched in, you know, 10, 11 days, which will be the case next week with some of the back of the rotation starters, that may be a little bit of a difficult spot as well. So just something for you to keep in mind that, you know, relievers may not be as sharp coming out of the all-star break, despite being rested, just because they're used to the up and down nature of pitching three, four, five times a week. So something for you to keep in mind. And also, you know, look, as we're getting back into the second half here, you know, keep in mind that some guys do think about it as wiping the slate clean. You know, they had a bad first half. They come back, you know, maybe with a renewed sense of purpose, being able to sit down and reflect on things, all of that. So, you know, a lot of moving parts here as the second half gets underway and a lot of moving parts with today's 15 games as well. We start with the Padres and the Phillies. That's you, Darvish and Christopher Sanchez in this one. Darvish, a guy who really hasn't pitched a whole lot of late. His second start since June 21st, had a non-COVID illness, came back, made one start before the break, wasn't particularly good. He had three runs on seven hits to the Mets. Now he'll make the start coming out of the All-Star break here. And Darvish wasn't pitching that well to begin with. 717 ERA in his last four starts, dating back to June 9th. 659 ERA over his last eight starts. So not really sure exactly what we'll get from Darvish in this one. And for Christopher Sanchez, throwing the ball very, very well. Four starts since getting recalled. Five earned runs allowed in 21 innings. 17-2 to two strikeout to walk ratio. But he does draw a Padres team that's been hitting lefties really well. Since June 1st, they're eighth in Woba at 342, 118 WRC+. So they've done well in that split against lefties, and they get one today here in Sanchez. Seen a little bit of love for Philadelphia as this line's kind of moved down a little bit. Total of nine and a half with Padres, you know, minus 110 for the most part in the marketplace. No play for me on this one, but let's see what Darvish looks like as he tries to get back into rhythm. I got a play on the Giants and the Pirates, so we'll skip over that one here, and we'll instead take a look at the game between the Dodgers and the Mets. You got Julio Urias and Justin Verlander in this one, and you know both of these guys having seasons that I imagine they're both a little bit disappointed in. Urias, of course, missing time, being on the injured list. Uh, that's something that's never easy for a pitcher, and he missed a good amount of time, missed about six weeks with that injury. Verlander missed some time early in the year. He's trying to work his way back into form. A couple of things here. I mean, Verlander's stuff just isn't as sharp, isn't as explosive. The numbers aren't bad. 360 ERA, 349 expected, 4 FIP, but only 13 strikeouts in his last two starts. Been a bit better, only giving up two earned runs, but he's not throwing a lot of first pitch strikes. The stuff doesn't look very explosive. Not a lot of swings and misses for him. And for Urias, 
a 16% hard hit percentage in his last two starts, pitched really well in the second one against the Pirates, didn't pitch so well against the Royals in the first one. But, you know, another guy comes back off the injured list, makes a couple of starts, now has a bit of an extended layoff, getting a couple of extra days. So really difficult handicap, I think, here in this one. Rain and storms in the forecast as well. So maybe a late start, maybe a game that gets started and the starters wind up having to leave. Never really know. The one thing I will say about Verlander is he's trying to adjust with the less explosive stuff, more ground balls for him. So his home run to fly ball percentage under 10% with a higher ground ball rate is a good thing. So while he's not getting the strikeouts, he's still getting by with his veteran savvy and his command. So maybe the strikeouts will come. I don't know, but this was a really easy game for me to pass on between the Dodgers and the Mets. Dodgers, short favorite, $1.15, total of 8.5 in that one. Huge series here in Cincinnati. Corbin Burns, Graham Ashcraft get it going. Brewers, anywhere from minus 109 to minus 115 out there. This total has inched up to 10, where you've got Burns, 394 ERA, 365 expected, 428 FIP. As I've talked about a lot with Burns, the strikeout rate is down, the walk rate is up, the ground ball rate is down. He's given up 14 homers in his 18 starts. He did pitch really well against Cincinnati last time out. That was last Friday, two runs allowed on three hits, did walk four, but he's had a couple of pretty decent starts here recently, more good starts than bad starts on the year. 12 of his 18 starts, he's allowed three or fewer earned runs, but you know, not exactly Burnsian in terms of the numbers that we're used to seeing from him. So we'll see what happens here in this massive start in that good hitting environment at Great American Ballpark. As far as Graham Ashcraft goes, 628 ERA, 553 expected, 536 FIP on the year. Ashcraft last 10 starts, 966 ERA, 678 FIP. And that's even with a couple of good outings here recently. His last two starts, two runs on 10 hits, over 12 and two-thirds. Um, look, I have no idea what you're, I'm going to get from Graham Ashcraft on a daily basis. And it's remarkably frustrating because, as I've talked about before, the raw stuff is really, really good. But the command profile, the control, just not always there for him. Also, this start for Ashcraft, 43 innings at home, 795 ERA, 389 Woba against He's given up 10 of his 13 home runs in his starts at Great American Ballpark. And yet, we've seen money come in on the Reds here. So not a whole lot of trust in Corbin Burns, not a whole lot of trust in the Brewers, people kind of riding this Cincinnati wave. We'll see if they get rewarded for it. Not a game that I have any interest in betting at all whatsoever, but obviously a huge series here as these two teams play six games over the next 12 days. Lastly, in the National League, the Nationals and the Cardinals. Trevor Williams going for the Nats. Miles Michaelis going for the Cardinals. Cardinals, $1.80 favorite. Total of nine, showing signs of going up to nine and a half in this one. The Cardinals, a team I talked about, you know, I, I don't know that they're excited to come back and play. John Mazelik said over the All-Star break, we are trading, guys. It is going to happen. So this is a very uncomfortable clubhouse for the next couple of weeks for St. Louis. Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty almost locks to go. I would say Jordan Hicks going to be moved as well. Maybe Paul Goldschmidt ends up getting traded also with one year left on his deal. So St. Louis has a lot to deal with right now. Michael is 423 ERA, 501 expected, 385 FIP. Since June 4th, 502 ERA, 
372 FIP, but a 62.3% left on base percentage because he's not missing bats. 10.9% strikeout percentage. And he's allowed a 42.5% hard hit rate in that span. So I gave some thought to Washington. I don't think St. Louis is excited to come back. Michaelis is not locating particularly well. The problem is neither is Trevor Williams. Williams, 445 ERA, 514 expected, 541 FIP. Lowest strikeout percentage of his career at 17%. Highest barrel rate, 10.3%. And, you know, look, St. Louis's offense is hit. The one thing that the Cardinals have done all season long pretty much is hit. Their pitching staff has just been very, very bad. So we'll see if Michaelis can give them a lift here today, uh, but no play in that one for me. And we'll see if the Nationals are excited to be back after the break as well, because it's not like they have anything to play for here the rest of the way. Let's power through the American League and then take a short break here. Aaron Savale and John Gray in this battle between the Guardians and the Rangers. Rangers anywhere from $1.30 to $1.40 favorite. Total of 8.5 in this one. I mentioned it yesterday with the Rangers that their numbers with men in scoring position have really fallen off here. Since June 15th, they're batting 221 with men in scoring position, and they're 10-14 and 14 in their last 24 games in that span. This is not a good pitching staff. And as I talked about yesterday, Jacob deGrom hasn't pitched since April 28th, and he's second on the team in F4 among pitchers. Dane Dunning is tied with him. Dunning will pass him in all likelihood in his next start. But this has been a really poor pitching staff on the whole for the Rangers here throughout the course of the season. And John Gray has had his moments, and he's a guy with a lower ERA, higher FIP, higher XFIP, the market kind of wanting to bet against him. But the thing for him is he's had strikeout issues throughout the course of the season. Early in the year, couldn't generate many swings and misses. Middle part of the season, he did, including a 12 strikeout complete game against St. Louis. But now, just 12 strikeouts in his last 19 and a third, had a blister, got rocked by the Blue Jays in that span. So I have no idea what I'm going to get from Gray here. 329 ERA, 437 FIP. But I will say this. The blister should be a thing of the past now, nine days between starts. Cleveland doesn't strike out a lot, so the strikeout rate still may not look good for Gray, but I would at least expect him to be a little bit more effective in this one. As far as Aaron Savale goes, 256 ERA, 370 expected ERA, 362 FIP on the year, but two or fewer runs allowed in all but one of his seven starts since coming off the injured list on June 2nd. 36 strikeouts and 40 innings pitched, just a 31.5% hard hit percentage, and four straight starts with double-digit swinging strike percentages. So Savali has been throwing the ball really, really well for Cleveland. We'll see what he does against a Rangers lineup that is an upgrade from what he's faced recently, facing Oakland, Milwaukee, the Cubs, and Kansas City. So no play in this one, but again, very interested to see what happens here in this series. Rays and Royals, not much to say about this one. Tyler Glass now a massive favorite. Anywhere from minus 265, 255 to 280 or 290 out there with Glass now in the Rays against Alec Marsh. Royals, total of nine in this one, so we'll see if they can help out a little bit offensively. Weather could be a factor. Rain and thunder in the Midwest yet again. Glass now a 410 ERA, but a 362 expected, 274 FIP. He's given up a lot of home runs so far this season, but also he's at 64 strikeouts and 41 and two thirds, 31 strikeouts in his last 16 and a third, getting lots of swings and misses. 
He's had one start without allowing a barrel, and it came against Kansas City, who he faces today. So no interest in the Royals as a dog. Not excited to lay the big number with the Rays either. No play in that game. Honestly, the least exciting of today's games on the card. Astros and Angels. Angels, $1.45.50 favorite. Total of 8.5 here. Shohei Otani gets the start for the Angels. JP France going for Houston. Otani, of course, with that blister heading into the All-Star break, didn't pitch in the Midsummer Classic. The Angels, what is the mindset of this team coming out of the break? Mike Trout is hurt. They've dropped nine of their last ten. They've fallen five back in the wildcard chase, seven back in the division. How invested are they in coming back here? Is this a last stand type of series against Houston? Can they eliminate all of the Shohei Otani trade noise? I really don't know the answer to any of those questions. What I do know is that Otani, 332 ERA, 402 FIP. Righties only have a 277 Wobo with a 34% strikeout rate. That should match up well against Houston. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see if that blister is a thing of the past. But JP France is a negative regression candidate here. 326 ERA, 414 expected, 479 FIP, 66 in a third innings pitched. Big strikeout and walk numbers for France in the minor leagues. Neither of those happening at the big leagues, though. Done a pretty good job with contact management. Tough handicap, I think. You know, are the Angels invested? Are they going to play well coming out of the break? Will France's negative regression signs come to the forefront? He's got a high left on base percentage. ERA much lower than his expected metrics. It's a tough handicap where I don't really want to lay $1.50 with the Angels. But, you know, if I expected them to come out and play well, I would have probably done it, but I don't really have that expectation for them here today. Twins and the A's, not much to say here because the A's, despite having several days to figure it out, have not named a starter for today. As I mentioned yesterday, though, Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff getting called up for Oakland. That should increase their offensive baseline. Uh, For Kenta Maeda, he's pitched well since coming back from the IL on June 23rd. Three earned runs allowed over 17 innings, 21 to 5 strikeout to walk ratio. Should be in line for a good start here against Oakland, but there is a line on this game. But, uh, you know, again, Oakland not naming a starter uh, for today's game. I got to play in the other AL game, so we'll take a short break here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated here for the show and for all of the podcasts here in our VSIN family. Moving on to the interleague portion of today's card, Marlins and the Orioles, Sandy Alcantara and Dean Kramer in this one. Orioles laying $1.35 or $1.40, total of 8.5 in this one. Alcantara has allowed four or more runs in seven of his last 11 starts, 484 ERA, 402 FIP in that span, 472 ERA, 435 expected for the season. Things just haven't gotten better for him, you know, and it's kind of incredible that the Marlins have been as good as they've been despite Alcantara dealing with, you know, that injury situation or not injury situation, but just dealing with, you know, a decrease in his strikeout percentage. His walk rate is up. More his hard hit percentage is up, not an injury, maybe a fatigue thing, maybe an overuse thing over the last couple of seasons. I guess that's possible. But if Alcantara can be better in the second half, that'll help because Yuri Perez's innings being monitored very, very closely here for Miami. Kramer, not a guy that I like much. 478 ERA, 564 expected, uh, 551 ERA and 49 innings pitched at home. He's given up eight homers in his last four starts. Not much to like about him. If I had any trust in Alcantara, probably would have taken Miami today. But keep in mind for Baltimore, as we come out of the break, Felix Bautista, who did give up a two-run homer in the All-Star game, uh, he is rested. So are, so is Yenier Cano. So the Orioles, you know, in good shape if they have a lead late. But uh, I don't know that they will in this game. Thought about the Marlins as a dog, ultimately passed. But we'll see if Alcantara can kind of kickstart something here heading into the second half. Diamondbacks and Blue Jays. Ryan Nelson, Jose Barrios in this one. Blue Jays, $1.75 favorite, total of nine for this game here. Not really much to like about either one of these starting pitchers, and I did think about the over in this game, but offense has been tough to come by at Rogers Center on the season. Their game's averaging under eight runs per game, this total up at nine, as I mentioned. Maybe Ryan Nelson benefits from the All-Star break. You know, a lot of these young pitchers throwing these high-stress innings for the first time ever, and it helps to have a little bit of that downtime. 519 ERA, 497 expected for him. Pitch to contact guy with a high hard hit rate at 43.4%, high barrel rate at 10.9%. He's allowed at least one barrel in every start 
since May 23rd, 48.8% hard hit percentage, 15.4% barrel rate in his last seven starts. The Blue Jays do make some pretty good contact quality, so this may be a bad matchup here for Nelson. And Barrios, he's struggled a little bit of late here. You know, 390, or 350 ERA, 395 FIP on the year, but he did have a three-start stretch prior to the All-Star break. 12 runs allowed on 19 hits in 16 innings. Pitched really well against Chicago, maybe bounced back. I don't know, but he's a guy that I just don't have a lot of confidence in going forward throughout the course of the season here. So did think about the over, but Rogers center tough to see offense. Also, maybe it helps for Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte, who are both banged up going into the all-star break to have a few days off. So maybe Arizona's offense going to rally a little bit here in the second half of July. We'll skip over White Sox and Braves temporarily and go to the Red Sox and the Cubs. Brian Bayo, Kyle Hendricks in this one. Red Sox, dollar thirty to dollar thirty-five favorite. Total of nine in this one here. Uh, no longer getting cheap prices on Brian Bayo is what it looks like. Bayo, three hundred four ERA, four expected ERA, three seventy-seven FIP. But over his last twelve starts, he's only given up more than two earned runs once. He's been exceptional. He's working deep into games, ground balls, low walk rate, swings and misses. The Red Sox have an ace on their staff now, and it is Brian Bayo. Hendricks pitching well for the Cubs. 304 ERA, 381 expected, 373 FIP, low strikeout rate. That's not something that you like to see from Hendricks, but because of his command profile, he can kind of get away with it. I do think the Cubs are one of those tough teams to gauge over the next couple of weeks. A lot of guys that could be on the move at the trade deadline, uh, some you know short-term deals that they can move around. If they decide they want to you know, move the core and kind of change the direction of this team, they can do that as well. Um, but I still think this line's a little bit high. So I did think about the Cubs in this game. Ultimately didn't do it. Don't want to fade Bayo. It's too hard to score off of him. But I wasn't interested in the Red Sox at minus $1.35 in this game either. We move on to the Yankees and the Rockies. Last game on the board, Carlos Rodon, Austin Gomber in this one. Rodon's second start. As a Yankee, five and a third in the first one, two runs on four hits, two strikeouts, two walks. He only needed 69 pitches to get 16 outs, but he did give up a lot of hard contact in that start against the Cubs. So we'll see what he does now on an extended layoff going to Coors Field. The Rockies, though, one of the worst offenses in baseball overall and one of the worst offenses in baseball against lefties on the season. So it'd be nice to see Rodon pitch pretty well here. It would also be nice to see the Yankees actually beat up on somebody, and they should beat up on a guy like Austin Gomber. 640 ERA, 633 expected, 588 FIP in his home appearances this year, 49 and a third innings pitched, 784 ERA, 407 Woba. So Rodon and Gomber, you could see some runs here, but a total of 11. Rockies, pretty low offensive projection. Yankees, Worst offense in baseball since Aaron Judge went out. So, you know, maybe they hit Gomber. I mean, they did it to J.P. Sears, and they did it to Hogan Harris uh, at the Oakland Coliseum prior to the break, but not anything I would have a lot of confidence in. So no play in that one. Moving to the three plays that I do have for today, one in the National League, one in the American League, and one interleague matchup. I like the Giants today. Laying $1.35 against Pittsburgh, Ross Stripling, and Rich Hill in that one, actually down to $1.30 now at DraftKings. So 
Uh, unfortunately, $1.35 for the article at the time that I posted. Some numbers moving around here today. But look, I mean, Stripling's numbers aren't great for the full season. 637 ERA, 575 expected. But since returning on June 28th, three appearances, eight and two-thirds, three runs allowed on eight hits. This is one of those games where the Giants just kind of Frankenstein together the game. Stripling will start. I assume Tristan Beck or Jake Junis or somebody comes in in relief, maybe Sean Manaya. I do also expect the Giants to hit Rich Hill. 478 ERA, 564 expected, 443 FIP for the full season. But over his last nine starts, 568 ERA. Over his last five starts, 631 ERA. Hill's not missing bats. Hard hit percentage is up. And long layoffs, I think, can hurt guys like Rich Hill because he doesn't have a deep arsenal. Effectively a two-and-a-half pitch pitcher, fastball cutter, curveball. If he doesn't have a feel for the curveball, he'll be in bad shape. Pirates struggling going into the break. They've lost 41 of their last 61 games. Not super sure they're excited to come back. I think the Giants are. Giants had some guys banged up throughout June, had some banged up relievers as well. I like the Giants here, laying $1.30 against the Pirates. Next up on the card for me, the Mariners and the Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez, Luis Castillo in this one. Mariners are a big favorite, $1.80, total of seven in this game here. Eduardo Rodriguez came back from the injured list after one rehab start where he went four and a third, pitched on July 5th, gave up five runs on six hits in four innings, did strike out seven, but I don't understand bringing him back before the all-star break. Then he has this extended layoff. Now he's got to come back, and he was not sharp in that first MLB start. The Mariners, how about this? Since June 1st, 10th in Woba at 335, 6th in WRC Plus at 119. They've hit lefties well over the last six, seven weeks here. So they get one in Rodriguez that I don't expect to be super sharp, that I would expect to tire out in the middle innings. And Luis Castillo, 285 ERA, 378 FIP overall. But this start is at home. In 66 and a third innings for Castillo at home, 244 ERA, 254 Woba against, a 190 batting average against. I don't see Detroit doing much offensively here. I don't think I need a lot from Seattle. We could get it, but I like the first five run line here. Mariners minus half a run, minus 130. So that means they have to be leading after five innings in this one. I think that they will. I think Rodriguez will struggle turning the lineup over. I think Castillo should have success here as he always does at home. And I do think the Mariners, in general, a team that could go on a bit of a run here to start the second half. I do like Detroit long-term as well, but just not in this spot with Rodriguez in the situation that he's in and also going up against Castillo. So Mariners, first five run line, minus half a run, minus 130. So basically, will the Mariners have a lead after five innings? Yes, minus 130, the play in that one. Lastly here, the White Sox and the Braves. Braves a huge favorite. Charlie Morton, Michael Kopech here. Braves anywhere from minus 245 to minus 265 or so. Total of nine and a half in this one. And I do like the under in this game. So Kopech coming back off the injured list, went on the injured list with some shoulder fatigue. It was not an injury. It was fatigue. And that's understandable. 119 and a third innings at the big league level last year, 69 and a third in 2021. Missed all of 2019 and 2020. He said, look, you know, I just had some discomfort. I was trying to manage it. Got to a point where I couldn't. I like that Kopech has had some extra time here. 
because in his last three starts going into the break, he'd walked 16 guys in 12 and a third. Now, a little bit stronger, a little bit of downtime. I expect him to be good here. Since the middle of May, Kopech 247 ERA, 392 FIP, 42 and two thirds, 56 strikeouts against 21 walks. Did have, as I mentioned, 16 of those walks in his last three starts. But in that eight start span, 31% strikeout rate, 13% swinging strike rate, just a 29% hard hit percentage. And also for Atlanta, they sent eight guys to the All-Star game. They didn't get the same break that a lot of teams got. So I think Atlanta, you know, it's kind of a whirlwind. You're meeting with people, you're talking to agents, you're getting endorsement deals, you're talking to, you know, guys around the league, stuff like that, and you also have to play a game. There's a lot going on with the All-Star festivities in Seattle, maybe some appearances to make, stuff like that. It's not downtime. So I think the Braves could come back a little bit sluggish here from the All-Star break. But also, I do like Charlie Morton, an older guy, 39 years old. The break, probably good for him. The White Sox are not a good offensive team. Morton, 343 ERA, 379 FIP, and 97 innings pitched. I like the under 9.5 in this game. Minus 115 at some places, minus 120 at others. Shop around as you always should. But I think Kopech can keep the Braves at bay to some degree here. Both bullpens well-rested. Morton, I think he should be good. So under nine and a half between the White Sox and the Braves. Mariners first five run line minus 130. And then the Giants laying a dollar thirty on their money line. Dollar thirty-five in the article, but this line has come back down a little bit. Well, a couple of episodes of Easton Daily Baseball Bets. Now the weekend. I'll be back again on Monday with another one. We'll have the article on Saturday, though. So head over to Vston.com, check out everything that we have to offer, including that NFL betting guide. And I'll be back on Monday with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 